I feel like I would have to skill up to get to scotch, if that makes sense. Well, you just so you start drinking it straight, and then you won't you won't look back. So this guy shows up, and he just gives me the real creepy vibes. And um, was it Bond? <laughs> no, <laughs> just means like double the fun, right? That's exactly uh, right. It's a Marco Sean trick. Makes you record and then stuffs it up and then makes you record again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess because it, and it also falls in line with your podcast because it's all sex and violence. Welcome to the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together because that would be porn. I'm your host, Megan, and this episode I'm joined by Jabs from the D-Head Factor and Boganwood. Hello. Hey, you going? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, good. Long time no speak. It's almost a sense of deja vu. Right? It's, it's almost like we've done this before. That's it. And now yeah, I've got to try and remember what happened two weeks ago, which is the worst thing to do. So <laughs> Sometimes I don't remember things that happened yesterday or the day before. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm still struggling a bit. As I said, I had a, had a big one on Friday night. And a big one for me means I was in bed by 7.30 at night. But I'm still <laughs> recovering from it. So I've just done two big runs and try to sweat it out. Just lucky no one was smoking next to me because I reckon I was sweating pure paint thinner. Oh, what were you drinking then? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. Anyone that follows me on Instagram will probably see me drinking drinks. I don't know what they were, uh, but anything people will buy me. <laughs> F you, Josh was down there for a bit and then he got in trouble, so we had to go home. Well, it sounds we like a good night, can't be trusted though. together. Yes, yes. F you, Josh, being the uh, co-host of the DA Factor. Of course. Not that he ever hosted it. <laughs> Showed up from time to time. He did. He turned up. He participated. And, of course, he's uh, Boganwood's biggest fan. I got in trouble for my last episode because it was, wasn't written in the original format. So does F you, Josh, realize, um, you know, things and people change and grow or...? Ah uh, no, he didn't realise that it was just a segue back into a new season. So as I was writing it, I wrote it in as a police report, and he goes, "There's something wrong with it. I just, I, I don't like it." And I'm like, "That's because it's not Boganwood, mate. It's, it's like a little insert to get you back into the universe." And he's like, "Ah, oh, well, hurry up and write the next episode." <laughs> so Your we can worst, worst critic. So we can look forward to more Boganwoods coming up then. Yes, correct. More Boganwood is coming. Oh, that that's amazing. Yeah. I love how when you when you even say Boganwood, it kind of takes on that um, almost exaggerated accent as well. Are you calling me a Bogan, Megan? <laughs> no. well, Maybe. I, I have to admit Maybe there's a, a lot bit. of those stories are a little bit close to home. There's a... a um, there's a reason why I can slip into the Bogan voice. <laughs> and every time I go see my parents, she sure does go that way. See? See, that's what I'm talking about. That's it. It's an easy transition. It's like mine with anything kind of Fargo or Midwestern or anything like that. Oh, don't like you that. know? Oh, don't oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, eh? Married to a Canadian, so I say it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Sheila, eh? Oh, Sheila. Dingo and Bricko and Sheila, eh? Oh, oh don't man. you know. There could be like a Minnesota 
episode of Bokenwood. Only yeah, I think uh, Mark, Mark and Hershon uh, and I were trying to work it out. They'd be called Rednecks, right? Yeah, they would be called Rednecks. Yeah, so for some form of Rednecks or Trump supporters. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't necessarily think that Sheila and that would be Trump supporters. I think they'd like the idea that things were chaotic and a mess, but I don't think they necessarily would like Trump. No, that's a good point where, I mean, I don't want to, you know, there could be rednecks that listen to my show, so um, I maybe don't want to put all of them in one group, but they do get a, they do definitely get a reputation for being Trump supporters, for sure. Yeah, that's it. Not that it's not that it's my country. I shouldn't necessarily have an opinion. You know, they are a powerhouse, old America. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh like that. Um, well, I'm obviously still an American, but I don't live there anymore. But yeah, obviously the stuff that happens there does still impact kind of family and friends and stuff like that. So when it's just a shit show, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this would be yeah. As I said, like you could write a, a whole Bogenwood episode dedicated to America. 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 Because I I just like the Diad Factor. The reason we had to stop making the Diad Factor was because uh, Royal and Doodle had finished, and we used to steal all their ideas. So we used to wait for them to read a lesson. Like they'd release an episode and would steal all their ideas, and then they had these redneck guys on there. And then when they had the redneck guys, I'm like, you know what? I could do that better than them. And then I made Bergenwood. And then they did a podcast, so I did a podcast. Like, it's, it's a spite podcast. It was a, D-Ed Factor wasn't actually a podcast. It was just a, I just thought I could do better than Royal and Doodle. <laughs> this is the first I've ever heard of that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's a, like, that's, I used to listen, be one of their biggest listeners. So I could write down all these ideas and I'm like, oh, that, that, that joke sucked. I'm going to deliver it better on my podcast. I'm, I'm suddenly starting to question whether, you know, like the whole circle of podcasts that I listened to for a while, you guys were all just spiting one another. Oh, we were definitely, we used to write, um, you know, how you write the episode description. Yeah. Um, uh, they used to write notes in there for me, knowing that I would read the whole description. And they go, we know the only one reading this is Jabs, so hi, Jabs. <laughs> so if you read their descriptions and stuff, yeah. So. Oh, we should bring Royal and Doodle back. Oh, they definitely should come back. I did see a Facebook presence recently. And if so they come back, then we can bring the D-Ed Factor back because we'll have new ideas again. Oh, man. It'll all come full circle. Yeah. It'll be amazing. Yeah, it'll be good. But we're here to talk about movies, aren't we? Or a movie in particular. We are. Um, we're here to talk about Event Horizon tonight. The Event Horizon. Yes. Classic sci-fi horror. Back in the 90s. You know, I feel though it's a movie I should have watched previously, but this is actually only the second time I've ever watched the film. Well, I guess, I guess, like, if you'd watched it when it first came out, it was kind of groundbreaking because it, you got a, it, like, was it a horror? Was it a sci-fi? I guess when I went into it and watched it at the cinema, as you do, uh, when, I, when we went in to watch it, they, um, I remember walking out going, holy shit, that is not what I expected. So it's it's that kind of genre of um, was it a horror or was it a sci-fi and I guess the movie I my honest opinion I believe that it was a horror uh, just in a sci-fi setting uh, but I think it just kind of blends that genre really really well. I was gonna say because you think about the whole you know space travel and things like that kind of fits the sci-fi genre, but yeah. the darkness of the message and everything that goes on in this film is definitely aligned with kind of that almost I don't want to say terror but like just horror because it's more that for a lot of the movie you don't see anything you just witness different well, events the, uh, uh, his inspiration was Hellraiser so that gives you a nice little 
glimpse into what his thought process was when he was making the horror aspects of the uh, movie, uh-huh. which is quite good. And so the um, the movie itself, like, there's very when you when you go back and uh, you watch obviously Hellraiser and you remember all the ripping and tearing kind of scenes in that, you can see that there's a lot of uh, replicated scenes in this. For instance, the uh, guy that's hanging with his uh, innards hanging out from the sky and he's got all the pins and stuff in it. I don't know, that was really difficult for me to see or watch. Um, in terms of, you know, I think everyone has certain scenes in the movie that they feel that way about. For me, it was that one where he's just kind of uh, hanging there. And I did read the scene was actually supposed to be much more, you know, as filmed, was more graphic than that. So there was supposed to be kind of the backstory that actually he had nightmares about being um why am i blanking out on words because <laughs> you, you haven't drunk enough that's the problem it's only ten twenty-four here i have to drink coffee until oh. josh texts me when if you josh texts me saying it's beer o'clock then we can drink because you you're not an alcoholic if you're drinking with someone absolutely i mean well, technically, we could drink together. Does that work, or is it because we're not in the same time zone? Uh, I think it doesn't work, because uh, if I try and move at the moment, then there's going to be a mess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it works in the sense that, you know, I can drink alcohol, but uh, in the position I'm in and everything that's sitting on top of me right now, probably not a good idea. Fair, a delicate balancing act. Yeah. <laughs> so, so P. P. W. Anderson, um, later known for his Resident Evil movies and stuff as well, the director. Um, I got this is my first memory of one of his movies, and I mean it makes sense now that he blends that kind of horror, um, action, and all the different genres and stuff like that. Like he goes on to make Mortal Kombat and stuff, but. When you're thinking back then, I actually felt that this was something that was completely different. So, Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I was allowed to see the film at that point, but I would have been potentially 17 that year. So yeah. I could have. You know what, I think it was only MA15 here. So we've got a 15 plus rating here, and I th- I'm pretty sure that was one of his... Uh, one of the ones that we kind of were able to go to at 15, because I don't remember it being R-rated, which is 18 over. Yeah, I was going to say in the US, there's PG-13, which means 13 and over, and then you go straight to R. Yeah. And then he's, um, obviously he came off the back of the original Mortal Kombat movie, so you can see his influence still there with the techno music and that kind of heavy metal kind of grinding. Uh that whole movies. feel. <laughs> yeah, it's you can do he's getting his little he's getting his style that he'll be known for later on. And I guess that's you know, you see it throughout all the Resident Evil movies. I feel like as well I was late I was late to all of this guy's movies like Resident Evil <laughs> Hellraiser yeah. well, Hellraiser wasn't as well, one no, of Hellraiser his. wasn't him, yeah. Um but, but like that influence, right? <laughs> Correct, yeah. And then you think like he's, I always saw him, like don't get me wrong, Event Horizon being the exception. Um, it's like he dabbles in horror, but doesn't necessarily push the full genre. Because you think like with the Resident Evil movies, I think they're only the first one maybe that you could classify as horror. And then it started becoming a little bit more sci-fi horror. So the, I'd, I, would, I would argue that this was one of his more successful um, transitions into that kind of genre. Well, I was going to say, I mean, between I finally thought thought of the word now, the dissection scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to actually show more of it um, as well. So I feel like with Event Horizon, the difference of kind of what was shown in the final cut versus what they had recorded and was kind of his original vision for the film was a lot more graphic and violent than what the final cut was. 
of well, the movie. if you think like he would, he what he would he wanted a three hour version of the movie. I don't, I don't know that it would necessarily would have successfully uh, been able to pull it off. Um, I don't know that the three hour movie would have been. It would have had the same lasting impact. I think it probably would have shown too much, if that makes sense. Because I, I do think a lot of it is, you know, your own imagination. Yeah. Yeah, but you kind of your mind fills in the gaps for a lot of it is and what makes it truly terrifying at some places. Um, and probably what adds to that darkness as well, because, you know, throughout the the film, you're always kind of seeing different things and you're getting hints of, you know, when they enter the ship and there's kind of dried blood everywhere. Um, you know, something bad has happened. They find the graphic, clip of like the the event horizon crew and you know start to build it starts to build this picture of what happened but you also need to kind of start thinking through and you naturally start going well the doctor like what role does he have in this and you know what's really going on with you know his character because at at first I thought oh he's just gonna be the odd one out, like, because he's not a member of the crew and Sam Neil, yeah, they did. I I think that he was like the arbiter. He was the guy that was kind of bringing it all together because he he obviously he he kind of seemed to be more self aware of what was going on and wanting to be, be kind of into that glimpse of hell or the hell dimension, um, whichever way you want to think of it. So think think like Doom, where they ripped a portal into hell. And then all these kind of creatures and stuff come out. But in this case, the spaceship becomes its own entity. So, Yeah, and has its own kind of power. It's a living, it becomes a living thing, really. Yeah, yeah. I think at one point they say that it went in there as a spaceship and came back out as a living entity. So, Oh, that was one of those famous lines near the end of the yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, but, the, but the, that I misquoted, so... And of course, uh, we've got our Bon Jovi mate on there, Jack Notes Noseworthy. It's a great name for an actor. Jack Noseworthy. He's the guy. I always remember him because he was the guy in that Bon Jovi film clip always. I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm <laughs> you know, a little bit closeted, but the um, I just always remember him as when I saw him. And I said, that's a guy from that Bon Jovi clip. And then he dies horribly. And... Well, he doesn't really die, does he? He just no. loses his eyes and then gets chucked in a chamber. So, Yeah, exactly. Like, um, well, he just, he goes to hell and back in many ways during the film. Yeah, brings um, the darkness back with him. Yeah, I mean, he's the first one into the darkness um, and makes it back out. But mm. um, I think that's really when I started to feel the darkness of the film, though, because kind of when weird things are happening and all of a sudden, you know, the Justin character starts seizing and warns like they're coming and you're suddenly, you know, it's that piece of there's something more, they've opened up something they shouldn't have. Um, and then that's where I also obviously started to see kind of the doctor character turning where I knew he had a connection to the ship, but not, not in the way. I thought at the very beginning versus as you started to see the change in him as well. Well, I guess because it, and it also falls in line with your podcast because it's all sex and violence. Right. Um, so it's a, cross, it's a cross genre kind of thing of that whole sexual violent um, thing. And, the, the, you know, there's Cronenberg and all that explore it as well, the mechanisms of sex and yeah, I suppose this does the same thing. So when you go into the hell dimension and you see that massive orgy scene and yeah, there's, there's what is it like Hellraiser, there's ecstasy in the um, pain and the violence. So I think there was a movie I watched called Martyrs and that was, um, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't watched it, turn, turn your uh, microphone off for a little bit or no, ear, earphones. Yeah. Um, and have you seen Martyrs? So it's on the list of films we may cover on a future Screams and Moans because my husband would love to have us cover that 
that movie. Oh, it is a brilliant movie. It really is. It's not what you expect, and I won't give away too much. But there's yeah, there's a form of ecstasy and violence, and that's 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 all I'll say. Which will make more sense to the people that have actually watched it. But it's just brilliant, um, the way it's done and the the reasoning behind it all. So, um, but yeah, that one. It, this reminds me very similar of that is the ecstasy and the violence. Uh, not that I agree. All right, people. So don't be writing me and complaining to me around <laughs> sexual violence. Okay, I didn't make the movie. I just watched it. We're just we're just having commentary about it, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but there's that kind of aspect of it. But as I said, I think that it blurs the genres a fair bit. But my honest opinion is that it's a horror movie. Yeah, I. I'm slowly, at first, I was going to fight you a bit more on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, challenge but, me. Ch- I mean, challenge you know. me on it. But, yeah. um, well, because of, you know, the whole sci-fi bit, but then, you know, as I'm kind of looking at different notes I made, there's all these jump scenes, and you get yeah. that, you know, the the overall feel is of anxiety and a little bit of, like, unease and... Yeah, and you've yeah, got it's the more of a horror. Yeah, you know, it follows the genre. It follows the the traditional horror standards. Is that it builds up to the horror? It builds up to the big reveal, so to speak. And there's the twist ending. It is ambiguous and can be interpreted in whichever way. Like, did they successfully get away, or did they not? I think that's the biggest question. Whereas sci-fi doesn't follow that formula. Um, but the, the a traditional horror does. And I think that that's, if you look at what his inspirations and stuff are, like traditional horror is just brilliant in its sense of its simplicity. Like it, it has to follow a certain way. Um, but I don't mind, like, you know, the modern horrors where they kind of put a bit of a twist on it. I think they're, they're clever as well. But I think that this one follows the traditional horror route of um, slowly building up to the big reveal. And then when it happens, you just get five, ten minutes of intensity. And then you have your, oh, that's over. And then, <laughs> oh, maybe it's not over. We've we've made it. Or have yeah. we? <laughs> or have we? And I mean, don't get me wrong. The director drops hints and stuff like that all the way through it and how it's going to potentially end. And so you're just waiting for stuff, which I don't mind either. That's, you know, that's traditional horror. You know how it's going to end. You don't watch Friday the 13th because you think that Jason's going to finally die. You know that there's another 10 <laughs> movies to follow these ones, so obviously he's not going to die. And I mean, those are still going. Yeah, exactly right, in their whatever versions. But they, they broke the formula on those. That's why it doesn't work anymore. And that's why it doesn't it's feel a, good anymore. Yeah. As soon as you put him in space, that just doesn't make any sense. No. The whole idea of Jason Voorhees is the fact that he can walk and still catch you. And once he gets you, you know, there's just complete violence. Yeah, and if you're a young person um, having sex or anything like that, he'll definitely get you. Jason yeah, exactly Voorhees. right. Yeah, yeah. The, you you got to break your traditions and your horror. And I think um, what's his name, Jamie Jamie Kennedy, the guy in Scream. He was perfect at breaking it all down. Those movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't mind Scream. I think they're good. They were, they were good for when they came out because they kind of looked at the what a horror movie was and how you can kind of get out of stuff. Because that's, that's the thing with horror is that there's rules and if you abide by the rules, you might just survive. It's very true. <laughs> I mean, maybe like... Now this is making me question my memory now. The Justin character. Yeah. The Bon Jovi guy. Bon Jovi guy, right? Yeah. So he, you know, he's had a seizure, he loses his eyes, he tried to commit suicide within the airlock, which yeah. to me, that was a great scene, not because of what happened, but in in a way, um, because that's when, you know, it's confirmed that he brought something back with him, and yeah. when he's like, you know... It's the dark inside me from the other place, and you're just like, oh, oh, that's not good. No. <laughs> that's not good, and and 
At first as well, I thought Lawrence Fishburne's character was just like a bit of an asshole. Um, yeah. But then I realized, like, no, he really cares about his crew. Um, yeah, and he's that... Morpheus. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's just in the Matrix. He's just living through because he's waiting for the phone to ring so he can get out. <laughs> is that what's happening? <laughs> That's what's going on, which is, you know, an argument to say it's a sci-fi movie because he's part of the Matrix. So it never really happened. Well, there you go. Now, which one is it? Sci-fi or horror? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We keep going back and forth. On. We do. We do. But, but I worked out the connection, the Kevin Bacon connection. I've got it in two moves. I, don't, I think someone could probably get it in one. Um, but you go the Kevin Bacon. So, you know, the seven, seven, you've got to get it in seven moves, right? Yeah. So I've got, I'm going to have to look up this name because I know, I know. So Sam Neill goes to Jurassic Park. Yep. And then Jurassic Park goes to the young girl in it. Um, I think her name's Lexi or something like that. And then she goes into Tremors, which of course stars Kevin Bacon. I'm going to look up the young girl's name so I don't get in trouble. Ariana Richards, who is Lex, who was the young girl that jumps on the um, the, I don't even know what they're called. They're like the bouncy thing on the road in Tremors. Uh, pogo oh, yeah. stick. That's the word I'm looking for. She's jumping on the pogo stick, yeah. Good old pogo sticks. Yeah. So you've even got a connection to Kevin Bacon, which is always a good uh, movie. <laughs> Aren't they by nature all connected to Kevin Bacon, though? Well, they have to be. Otherwise, they just don't exist. You make a movie without a connection to Seven Bacon, uh, Kevin Bacon in Seven, then it's not an actual movie. Then we're good. We're good. That's it. <laughs> um. So, I mean, we've talked a, a bit about um, Event Horizon and a few other films along the way. Um, is there anything else in terms of the movie itself that really still just hits you after this time or that you feel is quite interesting it's probably something i don't know or um i think it's a, i think it's yeah. just a movie of its time like it was the perfect movie for the time in which it was created and the to fully and i'm not saying you can't appreciate it now but it's it's been done many times afterwards but when you when you first watched it there, there was you know in the 80s they used to make similar kind of movies but nothing with this kind of sheen to it so um I think that for me, it's one of my favorite movies because the um, just the it the with the time in which it came out, it kind of it's it's the first well, it wasn't the first time. It was one of the first times that I realized you're meant to go cold into movies, so not really understanding and don't read up on it, don't research it, just go and enjoy the movie. So I call them going cold movies, <laughs> and you're meant to just go in. Don't read anything about it and just form an opinion based on that. And I think that with Event Horizon, that's the perfect way to do it. And I think we've we've also stuttering a lot today. Um, so I think we've also mentioned it's now. So versus when it first came out, it's kind of one of those like late Saturday night kind of films. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a you watch after midnight. Like there used to be these old sci-fi horror movies that I never even knew what they were all called but they were they, they just you sit there at midnight and you come across them on TV and you just sit there and watch it and it's just the perfect time to be watching I still do that to that to this day I try and find horror movies to start watching on Saturday night oh maybe that's what I should do when we're done recording this one I mean it'll, yeah, I'll yeah, still yeah. have some time yeah. <laughs> I go I go I watched uh, Shaitan a couple of weeks ago, which is uh, uh, Vincent Castle, uh, the French guy. It was a movie. That, it was. It looked. It was meant to be good, but it wasn't. It was an all right movie. It wasn't great. Uh, there's another good one called Men of Chicken. Men with okay. Chicken, something like that. Uh, so you got to find these weird kind of sub horror genre ones that are just. They've got to be weird. It doesn't work if it's if it's like a straight horror. You've got to have a weird one. Men men with chicken or something like that. 
and it's got um Hannibal in it, the new Hannibal. Oh. Yeah, Niels Madsen, I think. Hang on. I'm terrible with names. Yeah, your Saturday night movies, and I think that sci-fi horror are the best to watch uh, on a Friday night. Uh, sorry, Saturday night. I feel like there has to be some channel I haven't discovered um, over here that probably plays that type of movie on a Saturday night. It's got to be a thing. If not, maybe I'll yeah. just make my own. Yeah, well, that's you. Just you go go through your streaming services. If you got you got a lot of the good streaming services over there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, control through any of those. Not gonna name them and give them free advertising, but um, yeah, yeah, who yeah. Did, so yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, so with yeah, most of those, if you watch, um, you watch them after midnight, and you should enjoy them. Oh, I'm gonna go look in later. It'll be Men like a and chicken, highly recommended movie. It's called Men and Chicken. Do Men not read about chicken. it. Chicken, going cold. Uh, probably not classified as a horror, but there are some forms of uh, sci-fi in it. But do not read about it. Just watch the movie and enjoy the complete mess of a movie that it is. <laughs> and I mean complete mess. And you got to remember, this guy is Hannibal. Like, this is one of the best actors going around at the moment. You know, he made The Hunt and that awesome movie, The Door. Uh, have you ever seen The Door? So, so I've heard of The Door, and um, yeah. I've, if I remember right, it's one that's supposed to be on my list of ones that I need to watch as well. Ah, it's, it's brilliant. It's about a guy that finds a door at the end of his street that goes back to exactly seven years in the past. Um, so he can go back and change some of the stuff that went wrong. Um, and I, that's that's all I'll leave it as. But it was just an awesome time travel kind of movie that just twists and turns. And yeah, it was really good. That reminds me. Speaking of time travel movies, did you ever watch Primer? Ah, yes, of course. Yeah, love Primer. That's so good. There's all these theories on the different actual timeline of what's happening in that film, but yeah, it's correct. great because. I mean, we covered that on an earlier Screams and Moans. It was actually Bon uh, and I did that movie. But when I saw it, I was like, it's so good. And yet, like, almost nothing was spent on the movie in terms of kind of budget. Yeah, it was very independent when it came out. And they did that other one, the Upstream Color. I really enjoyed that as well. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a weird movie, but it's just, yeah, it's it's really well done uh, but yeah i love primer and there's another one called something cut shortcuts or something it's a french one and okay. it's about a guy that's um it's meant to be one of the best time travel movies and so i tracked it down once and it's actually really good it's about a guy who um, when he leaves his house he comes across a dead dead body of a naked girl um and then he goes back to his house and he finds that this guy's roaming around so he's like oh, oh it's the killer and he goes running up to this other person's house who has a time machine and he just he he could for some reason hides in the time machine and then uh, <laughs> cre creates kind of a loop uh which is awesome oh that's always the theory right like yeah i kind of can't remember what it's called but it's a french movie it's really good oh see i'm i'm kind of liking like um Having you on this episode, it's going to give, you know, my listeners and myself all these long list of other movies that I need to check out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, if you go, obviously start with your Hellraisers. Um, the Hellraiser, I actually, I love Hellraiser 1, but I thought Hellraiser 2 was awesome as well. Um, especially because they go into hell and stuff like that. I think that that's, I, re I always enjoy that kind of alternate dimension, kind of different setting than Earth, multiverse. Um, kind of universes that they do and with Hellraiser 2 they really do really well with it so yeah and of course if you want good time travel movies you've got The Endless as you hear my silence as I was like never <laughs> I've obviously heard of the Hellraiser films for yeah. that but for time travel I'm clearly not schooled up in all of those 
if you want good horrors, I love the uh, the void. It's a old. It's sorry. It's a new movie, but it's done in the old school eighties. It's a video that you would find at the back of a video store. Oh, I uh, like those kind of awesome. films. Yeah, Mandy, of course, the H.P. Lovecraft with Nicolas Cage being the best version of Nicolas Cage, the insane person. <laughs> he does make a great insane person. Yeah, and then the the endless. If you like, um, uh, kind of time travel and ones that kind of sit with you afterwards. And of course, if you want good horrors, you've got Midsommar and Hereditary, which are just, they're both brilliant movies. Have, have you done Midsommar yet? I haven't done that one yet, no. That's, that's just something about that movie. Oof. I, I watched the director's cut of it because the, uh, you know, if you're going to watch that, you might as well watch a, a director's cut and yeah, holy crap, what a movie. Is it one I want to like? Wait till it's actually closer to summer. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yeah, it's about a summer festival, so you would, yeah, you can wait until summer. But do you, did you watch Hereditary? No, I've not watched Hereditary. Is okay, that... so watch that one first, so I can just prime you a little bit for uh, Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you just. There's a lot going on in both those movies, and Hereditary was probably one of the best horrors I'd seen in a while, um, except for, you know, you got Mama and stuff like that, which are awesome. Yeah, I'm also thinking, like, um, well, they're not really horror. I don't know what you'd genre you would put it in, but have you seen the Day Watch and Night Watch movies? Oh, yeah, I have, yeah. They're, uh, yeah, maybe horror, um, but they're just that kind of modern um, horror. Yeah, but then it's... you've got that action adventure side of it as well, don't you? I was gonna say it's somewhere between a horror and an action adventure. I feel like. Yeah, but there's a, the the thing that was I always thought it was a trilogy, but it was only the two, and I was disappointed because they were both great movies. They were um, really good movies. But I suppose movies. with the with the second one, it kind of yeah, with the timeline kind of thing, yeah, without going into detail. No, I um, yeah, I don't want to ruin that for one. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> But, but with the second one, you're like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. But it's disappointing because I wanted to see another five of these movies. Exactly. It's just the universe. The universe is awesome. So. And it's definitely a set of movies you need to watch them in the right order. Or yeah. The, yes. the one ruins yeah. the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, but it was awesome special effects as well. But, you know, most I think that the American horrors... I mean, we've got some good directors coming out at the moment, which is awesome. Um, but I think that you get into those new age horrors and some of them work like Happy Death Day and that because they kind of take the piss out of themselves a bit. <laughs> um, but then you, like for every one of those, you get those really just corny, stupid ones that are just, you know, a bunch of teenagers getting killed um, and they don't even follow the traditions of the horror movie. So it's okay if teenagers get killed as long as you follow your traditions. Absolutely. I'm also thinking of Stan Helsing right now, which yeah, that's is an amazing comedy. <laughs> with the, the one with Kevin out of uh, Shameless in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. The American Shameless for all our English uh, listeners. The, yes. Not the Pommy Shameless, yeah. Not the good one. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So I hear. I've, again, all these things. No, I feel the, like I must the, not watch the Pommy any one's television really or good. anything. <laughs> the Pommy one, I watched. I I watched the whole thing, um, but near the end, it became Neighbors. It just became. Uh, you mm. probably don't know what Neighbors is. A soapy. It just becomes a soapy, where every episode was about a different character and a different story and stuff, and it was trying to lose its momentum a little bit. Mm. It reminds me of. When I lived in New Zealand, I watched this one, Outrageous Fortune, I believe. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Outrageous yeah. Fortune, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind of formula. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I suppose uh, we can probably get ready for the second half. Yep. And uh, we'll be back shortly. We are now three billion clicks from the nearest outpost.
source of this transmission has been identified as the event horizon. This ship is fucked. But it said liberate me. Save me. But it's not me. It's liberate tute me. Save yourself. Did you hear it? Keep him talking. Yes. Yes, I heard it. Do you know what it is? It shows you things. Horrible things. What does? The dark inside me from the other place. And we're back for the sexy second half. I hope you're ready. Yep. Uh, I do have to say the question from my previous guest um when i was initially told the question (laughs) um i might have said oh yeah well i'm sure my next guest would do that on purpose yeah um but at that time i didn't actually know you were my next guest (laughs) okay so um, probably still true uh, well we'll see So, um, so the question for you, uh, this episode is, have you ever been caught masturbating or have a suspicion that you've been caught masturbating? Uh, no, no, but the, um, the neighbor doesn't look out a window often. So (laughs) I'm not saying that I won't be. Like it Uh, could happen. Yeah, it can still potentially happen. Um, and the day's young. I mean, it's only midday here, so, you know. <laughs> so all time, have you ever been caught masturbating? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, there's the, you know, you, you get close on the public transport and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you just, you sit at the back of the bus and have a cheek, cheeky wank. Uh, <laughs> but I've never actually been caught. I mean, most people just participate with you. So caught implies that you're doing something wrong, but... Um, most people, they just jump in and help you out. I'm pretty sure that's not masturbating, though. I was going to say, at that point, is it masturbation if they're helping out? But I guess it depends on how much they're helping out. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you get the odd person that just likes to watch. Right? You just kind of make eye contact with them awkwardly and stare at each other and see see which one's going to turn away um, first. But, you know, that's part of the thrill. That's what helps you. Oh man! Get to your climax. You you are buying in to my I, I have never said this <laughs> to anyone. Um, maybe I shouldn't be saying it now. But um, I really like think that would be an amazing thing. On like um, for some reason maybe it's because I commute into London or something. But I always think like it would be quite hot to be like masturbating on the tube and having someone watch yeah you just do you get a wank wank part you just get it like you'll have a certain section on the the train where you can just everyone can go on and have a cheeky wank <laughs> could you imagine just have, like... a, just have it just have a dedicated area and so that way it doesn't matter if you're caught or not because again people are just you know oh yeah i, I like what you're doing there it's they the consensual yeah, part you of could the start a, an app as well and people can rate each other. Does that person look like they were having fun? I, I really liked their eye contact that they made and I, th- I thought they were a little bit too vigorous at times. Um, but, you know, you can, that looked you a, can little have a rating painful. system as well. Yeah, I, did, I didn't like the way that that person rubbed it against the window afterwards. Fair. You know, 
but that's you could have it it would be just like those when you go to those fooderies and stuff like that and you rate people you could rate people for that as well and like people could um you know they could have their own um username or identity on there and like yeah oh yeah could you believe you would never guess who i was on the tube with today yeah you it say was have a have a wank 24 it's one of those guys from Royal and Doodle, and you know they're, they're having a ch old cheap cheeky wank at the back of the bus, and you know they did. But I think they're more into dogging though. So, oh, like going out? Well, I say in the country, but not necessarily yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Really, I think they like they like staring into people's cars and having a cheeky wank. So it's probably more a question directed at them. But again, I think they like the thrill of it. So, I mean, they could always, you know, if you knew which part of the train the wank carriage was in I mean potentially you could stand on that part of the platform and maybe if you were really quick you could also have a wank yeah yeah you could do it on the platform for sure because the, the train will be passing by and then everyone will be like oh did did, did you see that guy in the London terminal he was having a cheeky wank <laughs> exactly yeah. um, I'm sure people already do that wank, wank roulette be, you just keep wanking and see if the train stops. If it doesn't chop, you know, you win. Oh, man. This this sounds a little bit exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I know a few people that, you know, work on the underground. Now I'm kind of curious. There's got to be some sort of stories for sure. Ah, oh, for sure. Oh, man. I mean, they probably don't view it as acceptable as maybe some people would but yeah i'm sure people you know everyone has their own version of what they believe is acceptable yeah generally though having a wank in public is is not i'm gonna say widely accepted uh, it depends where you're doing it like if you're if you're i i feel that if you're public transport then it's just you're just asking for it so <laughs> you know i think it's part of the the cost of you know it's a little bit cheaper so you, you would be expecting someone to have a cheeky wank at the back of the bus. Fair enough. It's just part of the atmosphere. Yeah, and as I said, you just got to be cautious of that eye contact. Because you don't want to look away, and they don't want to look away. It's the battle of, you know, who looks away first. That's exactly right. It's battle of the wanks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be my next podcast <laughs> that's it is uh, you can you can ask this question of everyone and do like wait like if, if you if i'm starting a new business if you could see if you could wank somewhere that you would kind of enjoy where would it be and how much would you pay how much would you pay to be able to wank there you could have like um yeah i mean with um VR and other things like that. I mean, you could just set up rooms to have people wank wherever they wanted. Yeah, for sure. It'd be like those um, the old porn theaters. Yeah. You could just you know put a version of it on there. Exactly. Little private rooms. Not that it, you know. Not that I've ever been to porn theaters before. Uh... No, I've, I've been to Amsterdam. <laughs> I've been to Brisbane. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um. Yeah, well, I think um, with that, it's the fun part where you get to you get to ask my next guest a question. So, what what sexual question would you like to ask my next guest? Oh, so I've been thinking about this one. So, if if you could um, uh, have relations with a celebrity that was over sixty years old, was the same sex as you. Um, who would it be and what would you do? Interesting. So how, well, I mean, I guess they can ask, they can decide how specific or not they want to be um, on the next episode, but. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, I think it's a, it's a like, it's not like it's a curveball question. I'm sure people have thought of it. Now you're making me think about it right now. I'll have to yeah, have a, you know, John Luke Picard or something like that. <laughs> In Rubby's bald head. <laughs> is Brad Pitt like sixty yet? Uh, he'd be pretty close, but I don't think he is. I think I think when we looked at it, he was about fifty-seven. So unfortunately, no Brad Pitt. No Brad Pitt. 
Um, any of like the Lord of the Ring guys or um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Sir, Sir Ian McKellen. I don't know that he's alive anymore. I yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll have to give that some thought. Yeah. <laughs> um. So again, it has been great having you. And as we wrap up the show a bit, um, if my listeners would. Uh, like to either interact or have a listen to any of your shows uh, or anything like that, um, where could they find you? Yeah, so Boganwood is on Stitcher and I still believe Apple and uh, all the other podcast services. The Dead Factor, I'm sure, lives on somewhere in one of the ethers. Um, but you can find me on Twitter on the Dead Factor um, or uh, theadfactor at gmail.com. Amazing. See Tom, I did. I did sort it out. Tom Beavis. He thought he had a go at me for not having a Gmail account, but I've got <laughs> one now. So. <laughs> oh, I've also met Tom Beavis in real life as a. Oh, well, there you go. Took a trip. Big, had some Mexican big red. food. Big He's red. hilariously funny. Yeah. I'm getting off track now. Um. Mm. So. <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary. Um. So for those of you who want to connect with Screams and Moans on Instagram, we are Screams Moans. And on Twitter, I'm at Podcast Whore. Thanks, Jabs, again for your time. And um, yeah, I'm, I really appreciate uh, you doing this for a second time in two weeks. <laughs> oh, that's all right. As I said, it's a Marco Sean trick. He, 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 get, he makes you get all the offensive stuff out in the first cut. And then um, you're a little bit more balanced. I think Marco Sean teaches people how to do it now. Oh, keep, he keep d- doesn't it. record the first one. He's like, get all the shit out of your system and then we'll do it properly the second time. Oh, see? So this episode will be even better. That's exactly right. Always is. Second, second is always better. Amazing. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you do like the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast, and tell your friends. And until next time, see you later. <laughs>